You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Doing the Work post-game show, as tonight, your number eight-ranked Indiana Hoosiers win for the first time ever over the Maryland Terrapins, 70-63. to 63. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, here with my co-host, Kathy Amos, and we will break it all down for you on this edition of Doing the Work the new show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering the IU women's basketball team. And we'll start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, Kathy, for me, the banner moment is just the entire victory to get that first win over the Maryland Terrapins, who have been the big kid on the block, kind of the tough kid on the block in the Big Ten. I know one point they showed on the telecast, I think over the last six years, Maryland was like 135 and 16 or something like that in Big Ten play. And, you know, just amazing. Or maybe that was, yeah, over the course of that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what an amazing victory for that, that group. And especially at the to let the game they had, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Don't want to get too much, but a game that they kind of let get away at the end of regulation. They found a way to dig in in the overtime and come away with that huge. And, and kind of, I know it may have some debate here, but one of probably the three biggest wins in IU women's history, the WNIT and the game against NC State, I think, have to be in there for the discussion, but this is definitely one of them. So that's my banner moment for tonight. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. The whole whole thing was finished. Yeah, I wrote down, I think uh, Maryland was 130 and 15 in Big Ten play since they've joined the Big Ten. So this was a huge victory. Absolutely. Yes. And our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. In case you missed it, Homefield recently did a brand refresh of their IU collection, bringing their extensive IU collection to more than 40 items. They also have vintage apparel for more than 120 colleges and universities across the country. So there's truly some, so there truly is something for almost everyone at home field. All of their comfortable, high quality shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies. All items will be 15% off with the code HOME, that's H-O-M-E, HOME, for first-time purchases. So go to homefieldapparel.com today and start planning ahead. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com and wear one for the team. Now it's time to move the ball, find the open player, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And so we have the Amos Angle. All right, great. Thanks, Jeff. All right, so for me, I think what I would like to start off with my opening thoughts is just, again, our our defense really showed up again for us today. Um, Maryland was averaging 80 points coming into this game, and we held them to 63 points, and that was in overtime. So uh, I think I heard on the radio feed that I was listening to, because uh, I don't typically listen to the TV announcers, but the, the radio feed, they tell me that um, this was the second lowest point score for Maryland. And again, this was an overtime game that we held them. And in fact, this was Maryland's first overtime game ever in Big Ten Conference play. So I think this says a lot for our program overall. And it was great for us to see our women defend on the court and defend our home court advantage. And along with that, I think that I just want to give a great shout out to the crowd that was there. It, it the, the students aren't back and the fact that they really seemed to pack the hall and really came out and support the women. I, I just, I loved it from, from tip to, to the final buzzer and that overtime score. 
there was definitely some lulls and there were definitely some some things to work on but overall i really just love the defense from our team and i love the defense really from our crowd and really providing the support to our women so those are those are my opening thoughts uh, and you mentioned the crowd the attendance was listed at 5,572 today. Uh, and like you said, no students on campus. And so a lot of people pack and get in there to support the women's team. Really want to, uh, uh, Richie, I want to thank you for pointing out that the hall was rocking today. And you could kind of hear that through the TV, uh, the TV feed, that the crowd was into the game. Uh, there were some some tough calls that went against the Hoosiers at times, and you could hear the crowd. Um, so that was, you know, it was really good to see. For me, it was more, I guess the one meaningful moment I'll come to first is I mentioned in the banner moment, we were up 60 to 51 with, uh, I got in my notes here, 60 to 51 with three minutes to go roughly. And Maryland outscores us 10 to one over the last three minutes to force an overtime. It would have been really easy for a group that had lost 11 in a row to, to Maryland go just kind of hang their head and be like, well, we had it and we let it get away. They didn't. And that goes to the kids and it goes to the coaching staff for getting the focus back at that timeout between the fourth quarter and the overtime. So for me, that's a very meaningful moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, so do you want to move into meaningful moments next, Jeff? Or um... Yeah, let's go ahead and go into meaningful moments. Cool. All right. Okay. So one of the, the heck, kind of have two meaningful moments that are almost identical from the first quarter. And for me, again, they were moments that highlighted something that really set the tone, I think, for, again, our defense, especially I thought our fast break defense was really good. And I'm sure we'll get into, again, some of the, the things that weren't pretty were turnovers in this game. We had 19 of them. But twice in the first quarter, once with about seven and a half minutes um, left in the first quarter and about three minutes left in the, the first quarter, Allie just really, really raced down the court and got back on, on defense to prevent um, Maryland from, from scoring. One was off of a missed shot from Grace, but another one was off of a turnover. And both of those happened in the first quarter. And I thought Allie really from the very beginning of the game really showed some leadership, some poise and, and set the tone in terms of defense. And, uh, I think then following with that theme with Allie and her defense followed it up in the overtime because I thought she played Owusu just fantastic in, in overtime. And you could tell, and to me at least, I thought Maryland was really trying to use Owusu to come out and get her in a one-on-one -on -one situation. And Allie just really didn't let her get much going in that in that overtime. So I, I'm sure when we get into the stats, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. But those were a couple meaningful moments I really enjoyed seeing from our defense, specifically from Allie Patford. Yeah, and and really, as you mentioned earlier, the defense overall played very, very well uh, to limit Maryland to 63. And as they pointed out on the broadcast, IU has not given up more than 70, I believe, to a team this year. And so with that, against a good Maryland team. Uh, and, I, and I thought that was important for somebody to take on a, a, a – Ozu, I'm never going to say it right, but Owuzu, um, thank Owusu. you, Owuzu, and she, you know, because she kind of really, you know, she was the one who really down the stretch and at the end of regulation was really making plays for them. And she almost was just knocking people out of the way. And so somebody just needed to be able to stand up 
and take on a little bit. And Nikki was trying it as well, but you know, she had a, she had a really big size advantage on Nikki. She had a size advantage against all of our guards actually, but the, mm -hmm. the, a bigger advantage against Nikki. So Nikki was doing the best she could to hang in there. And, and thanks, Ari, you know, Awuzu. All right. I hope I'm saying that right, but I'll have to keep saying it wrong probably the rest of the show, just being me. But, um, but the other thing, uh, one of the other big important storylines for me was just the first quarter as a whole. I thought Grace pointed out, we, for those of you who haven't had a chance, we did a Grace Berger episode that's up as well now. And one of the things that she points out, pointed out is that Maryland's really known for getting out fast in the first quarter. And that's what they did to IU last year in College Park. I believe it was 23 to 9 at the end of the first quarter out in College Park last year. So there was a point there where you kind of felt like Maryland was going to maybe make a run in that first quarter. But we just kind of, it got to 15. It actually was. It was 17 to 10. And then we got a basket from Keandra Brown and a basket from Grace to finish out that last minute to cut it to 17 and 14. And I think that was huge because it just kind of, it took away that narrative that Maryland just comes in, beats you up in that first quarter, sprints out and puts you behind. And you, and you sometimes have to get out of your game a little bit and you start playing their game. Well, when it's only 17, 14, you can continue with your game plan. You don't have to kind of play Maryland's game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anything so, else that you thought? And as we continue yeah. to break down the win, we'll point out even more meaningful moments here that you may have missed. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight this big win a little bit later as we're as you're listening to doing the work post game show. Kathy, got anything else that was meaningful to you? Yeah, in fact, um, I do. I, and it, it leads from what you were saying, how they finished the first quarter right into, I think, how they came out the second quarter. And with 754, um, so two minutes in, basically, to the, south, the second quarter, uh, we had some really fantastic help defense from McKenzie. Um, it led to a turnover by Maryland. We took the ball down to the other end, um, made a shot, came back. Nikki, again, I know, thank you, Richie, for um, agreeing that she definitely set the tone as usual with her defense, but she stole the ball again, went back down, um, taking the ball down for herself and made an end one situation. And it gave us our first lead um, and sparked a 10 to two run that we had. And it forced Maryland to call a timeout. And to me, I think we got through that, that um, quick start for Maryland in the first quarter, really finished strong. And then that sequence of events at that 754 mark really set the tone, I think, for the for the most part, um, the rest of the game, but especially that that second quarter where there we would go in um, at halftime, and then up four. So we overcome that three point deficit in the first quarter, and then won the second quarter by seven, and went in with a four point lead at halftime. So I enjoyed that that particular sequence myself. Well, and, and I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Just the whole first half, if you looked at the way we were playing, we had eight points from Lexa, we had eight points from Ali Patberg seven points from McKenzie and five from Nikki. So you had the bulk, the scoring wasn't, they couldn't load up. Maryland couldn't load up on one player. Grace was struggling in the first half and she kind of struggled the whole game with her shot, but thought she played pretty well overall. But the, the, those other four who got the bulk of the meds, and we should point out here, another meaningful thing here. We had three kids who were out with COVID today, including Chloe McNeil Moore, who is one of our key subs off the bench. So a team that's not very deep generally anyway, basically played with six today. And so, um, but my point back to this, to the meaningful moment here, or, you know, is that when you're getting that balance, they couldn't load up on Mac. They couldn't load up on Allie. They couldn't load up because everybody was doing it and helping out the process. And I thought, I thought that was a huge 
part of that run that you're talking about through the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, overall, I, I, I did enjoy too then. So we talked about the first and the second quarter. Then after halftime, they really seemed to try to be focusing, getting math more involved. Uh, and especially in that fourth quarter, uh, they really came out and you could tell they were really targeting um, McKenzie to, to get her the ball. And right away out of that fourth quarter, they got the ball, I think, on multiple possessions down down to her um, for some points. And then it led to some turnovers again on the other ends. And um, at one point, then Allie hits a couple threes and that fourth quarter started off uh, fairly, fairly well, I thought, for us as well. Yeah, and especially it, it was 45-45 going to the fourth quarter and it, and that and I'll come back to one here in a second uh but we start the fourth quarter as you mentioned field goal by Mac three pointer by Allie field goal by Mac a field goal by Maryland and then a field goal by Grace a field goal a field goal by Alexa and it's now 56-47 so we just jumped out on an 11 to 2 run to start the quarter and I'll be honest, I was feeling pretty good about the game even at that moment, but I knew Maryland had the ability to make a run. The other thing I'm going to point out here is how we were able to withstand. As I mentioned, we only had six players, um, but they only had three free throws in the first half. And Maryland's usually a team that gets to the line quite a bit, and you know, and especially with the way Angel Reese was playing in the first half. They went to the free throw line 12 times alone in the third quarter. And I thought for us to be able to withstand that and and still be tied at the end of the third quarter really spoke volumes to what we were doing throughout the rest of the game. You know, when you take the second half in the overtime, they shot 20 free, they shot 20 free throws, and we only shot um make sure I get the numbers. Well, we ended up shooting 21 for the game, but we shot 21 for the game. They shot 20 in the second half and the overtime combined. Yeah, and uh, in the overtime especially, those two free throws they made were the only shots they made. Yes. I thought, again, back to our defense, we went the entire overtime period and did not allow Maryland one field goal. And it wasn't for Maryland, Maryland lack of trying or backing off because they were very aggressive. That's how they got back into the game to tie it up in the fourth quarter. And boy, they I think you said it in either um, our text message or in the chat, they were throwing the whole kitchen sink at us. And and it was very key for us to <laughs> to really withstand that barrage and, and, and still get to overtime. And especially, as you mentioned, being down three players in a Essentially, I mean, we had uh, two people, two ladies, uh, Grace and Allie, both played the entire game and the entire overtime. Cardano, Cardano Hillary um, only sat out two minutes. Lexi only sat out three minutes and McKenzie home only four. So we clearly played almost the entire regulation and overtime with our, our women, our four, five starters. And the fact that they were able to withstand Maryland's onslaught there at the end of the game and come out and play such massive defense in, in the, the overtime and not allow field to me was just very impressive and I, I love seeing it. Yeah. And, and I will point out also here that I marked that down. They were, they shot 52% in the first quarter or excuse me, the first half for the first, for the entire first half, Maryland shot 52% for the second half in the overtime, they were eight for 33, 24%. And that's that's what I'm sure Terry Morin is going to be very, very pleased with when she looks at the stat sheet after the game and looks at the film tonight and tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. So I think I think for me, those are the the main meaningful moments and things that that jumped out to me. 
Yeah, I think that's there were so many meaningful moments as well. And I'm I'm Jeff Marlow here along with my co-host Kathy Amos. You're listening to Doing the Work podcast. Next, it's time to go inside the numbers. And Kathy, I'll let you go first. We've talked about some of the numbers already, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think I'm going to look at again at two. We've focused on quite a bit all year, and, and two numbers that kind of that go together, I think, very well, which is turnovers and then points off of turnovers. So turnovers were not good. The team's goal, I believe, is 11 a game. We had 19. Maryland also had 19. Uh, but the points off of the turnover are also about even, where we only allowed Maryland to get 14 points off of those 19 turnovers. So I, I think that um, I think for sure that we. Again, we're just getting back, even though we didn't play the cleanest basketball, we we're absolutely getting back on, on on our fast break defense. So to me, turnovers, again, way too high for what the team wants, but the, the defense helps um, kind of smooth out some of those turnovers so they didn't hurt quite as bad. Yeah, and I'll point out the one number I'll point out here is rebounding. Maryland is a team that generally out-rebounds their opponents. We were able to out-rebound them 37 to 35. And I apologize to the people who are watching us live on YouTube here. Something up with my camera. But hopefully my audio is still coming through in, in real time. So I apologize yeah. about the video. But um, to me, that was huge. And when you look at that, uh, McKenzie had 14 and, and Lexa had 10. You know, So you had two kids in double figures for rebounding. And I, I just thought that was a huge stat for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I had rebounding written down as as well. The other thing I've been we've been talking about all year, and you've already touched on it some, is, is just our bench and points from the bench. We got two from Keandra Brown, and that was that was really it. And I I understand like we were down three from our bench to begin with, but only one, which is Chloe Moore McNeil, would really have any meaningful minutes anyway in a game like this. Mm. I wouldn't have expected the other two to get any any time. Uh, and again, just I, I expected it in this game. So I'm again, hopeful as we continue down the season, we'll hopefully get our three gals back that were out today, but I hope we can get our, our starters some rest because two bench points and um, really only nine minutes from our two bench players is really just going to take a toll as we continue on into the January and February timeframe, especially now that we're getting into conference play. Yeah, and I will say this, that you look at the bench point, 21 to 2, but 17 of those for Maryland came from Diamond Miller. And that's a girl that started, that's a young woman that started for them last year for before all season, before an injury earlier this year. So that may change a little bit of their dynamic for them going forward. So, but yeah, you're right, Kathy. We only really played Keandra Brown. She got seven minutes. The box, I did not see Grace Wagner get in. That's my mistake, but I guess Grace got two minutes um, on the floor. So, but essentially played five people, all five starters. Here's an interesting stat. All five starters played 40 or more minutes. Yeah. That's a lot of minutes. Absolutely is. So um, so then on, on the flip side, maybe if we switch over to, again, back to our defense, I wanted to point out Owusu for a Maryland who is uh, averages 16 points a game. She was held to 10 points today and bulk of those points were really in the in the second half where you could tell they were really targeting her and trying to get her into more one on one situations. I, if I remember I, I didn't write it down, but maybe do you remember, Jeff, how many she had in the first half? Because I think it was only two, maybe four points total. Owusu um, had two in the first half. 
Yeah. So I, I thought the defense on her was great going in. Um, Reese got her points. Of course, I think she averages around 18 and uh, they she had 22. Um, but Diamond Miller, yeah, it was her first game back off of her injury. So wasn't quite sure what to expect for her coming off of the bench. I know what she was like last year and, and expected great things. And she absolutely didn't disappoint. So I guess um, welcome back, Diamond Miller, <laughs> to Big Ten play. Uh, and but yeah, so she ended up with 17 points for, for Maryland. Um, but other than that, and they have, I think, four or five. Do all five of their starters average double digits? So to hold only three of yes. them to double digits. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was great. Well, and all five starters had been averaging double figures. Actually, only two of the starters got into double figures today. Diamond Miller coming off the bench was their third double figure score. Um, and that's kind of something I'll point out here as well. You know, Phil makes the comment that they can rest after the NCAA tournament. And I guess there's some truth to that. But I, I just think there's going to be games down the line where we're going to see some fatigue factors come in. Uh, but when you look also, uh, talk about our offense a little bit. Um we only took 11 three-pointers. I didn't think we fell in love with the three-pointer today. And that probably was a good thing. But I think it also was a game where Maryland knew that. And so they sagged a little bit at times and made it really difficult to get the ball to McKenzie on a consistent basis. Um, there was a stretch there in the third quarter where I thought McKenzie maybe didn't get enough touches. But it, it just is one of those that this 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 is kind of the fine line with this team. You don't want them just jacking up threes, but you might have needed. I, I think I tweeted this out. I think you, I would like to see them maybe shoot three or four more just to stretch the defense. Yeah, I think that would have made it easier for McKenzie to get the ball because uh, they definitely sagged down on her, making it hard to get the ball to her. And then once they bought, did get it to her, they did. Uh, I think they double teamed her quite a bit throughout the game as well. So it was, it was, but still somehow uh, McKenzie managed to get 15 points and 14 rebounds. So another double double for McKenzie, and that's again with fantastic defense from from Maryland. Yeah, and and the other thing I'll point out here, um, and Grace mentioned this in the podcast with her, that Maryland switches everything, one through five. And I think you saw that at times today where we have a our, – our base offense is a lot of penetration. Spread it out, four out, one in stuff, and, and then maybe put Mac in some pick and roll. But because they switch everything, it made it really difficult – to find some penetration at times. And I thought that really kind of had us in the first half early on really kind of stagnant. I thought we did a better job in the second half of adjusting to that. And, and I would have liked to maybe seen a little bit where we screen away to try and occupy some defenders a little bit more. But, but again, you can see that this team wants to get inside. They want, whether it's with Mac or off the drive, they're at their best getting the ball into the lane. Yep. Yeah, I know. You're probably laughing at my video. I am. <laughs> You're frozen for you right now. So I just want to make sure I'm not <laughs> talking over to you. Uh, so I, I think other than the other stats, the only other thing I've been watching this team on, we've struggled with a, a couple of the last games are just actually making layups. And uh, we finished actually fairly well with that this time, 15 of 20. So that one was a, a good one for me too. And in the couple of the last games we've been on um, not quite the, the good side of making our layups, but any, anything else for you, Jeff, that you think of on the stats that we haven't touched on? No, I think we've hit most of the stats. Um, just, you know, free throws, you know, 15 to 21, we were 71%, but 
boy, we missed a couple down the stretch in the overtime that were making me nervous. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, where am I at here? Here we go. You're listening to Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following most IU women's basketball games. You can find us at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We have over 9,000. We're getting close to 10,000 of you fellow IU fans who have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with my co-host, Kathy Amos. We're breaking down Indiana's big win, the number eight Hoosiers in one poll, number six in the other poll, taking out the Maryland Terrapins and getting to the top of the Big Ten, along with Michigan, both teams at 3-0. and It's now it's time now for our game balls, and so we'll go around the horn here. And Kathy, let's go to you. Okay. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to – I'm going to go with Allie Papberg for my game ball today. I thought, as I mentioned in a couple of my meaningful moments, I thought she really set the tone defensively and showed really fantastic leadership throughout this game. Allie finished with a team high of 18 points. She had three assists, um, two rebounds, which again, that's not what she's in there for. But I think for me, when we had 19 turnovers, she ended up with no turnovers on this game. And I, I just really enjoyed watching Allie play. I thought she had a lot of a great motor tonight. She had great leadership. She had a lot of poise. She made some key three pointers for us as well, going two for three on in three point lands. Um, again, when we are not taking a whole lot of threes, it's important that we're going to make a lot of them. And two for three for me was yeah. a really good number for Allie. So for me, I went with Allie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you as well. I had, a, I really was struggling on this one. Um, Kind of went, I thought about three different players, but I'm going to go with Allie as well. You mentioned pretty much the stats, 18 points. But I think the thing here was in a game where we turned it over 19 times and Maryland had 13 steals, Allie Patberg, zero turnovers. And for your, your for your senior, your veteran senior, as, they, as we often point out, our super senior in her seventh year, uh, you know, to show that kind of leadership and take care of the ball in a game like this, I'm going to go with Allie Patberg with my game ball as well. Awesome. So that means McKenzie now has three game balls. Nicole has one and Allie Patberg gets her first game ball. And now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. And we'll go around the horn again for our Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by Evansville Security Services. Kathy, you get to go first. Sure. This one I, was also equally hard. Again, when you have a, a game where you're, all your five starters really just – really produced for you tonight. It was hard for me. I, I ended up going with Alexa Golbey. For me, I thought she epitomized what we want to see in, in that, that hustle award. She, again, she had 42 minutes. She ended up with 17 points, 10 re rebounds. So a double, double for her as well. Uh, only two turnovers. Again, um, when you have 19 as a team, unfortunately, yes, 80 of eight of them had came from, from Nikki. So only two for, our, for Alexi and, 
I just thought she did a lot of those small hustle plays that helped the team kind of glue together and keep things going in the right direction. I think she started off a little slow. She got um, pulled there at the beginning of the first quarter for a couple of minutes and um, counter Brown came in for her. But after she came back in, I thought the rest of that game, she really um, played lights out for us. Yeah, we're in the same mindset. I, I thought about Mackenzie Holmes here. I thought about Nikki, but I'm going to go with Alexa Goldbay here, as you, you mentioned. And for me, it's the little things that when Alexa's playing well, and she was one that Coach Morin called out a couple weeks ago for not playing a very good game in one of the non-conference games. But when they're playing well as a team, Lex does things that don't always show up on the stat sheet. She is she's often guarding the other team's best forward, and she is also asked to guard basically two through five um, from a shooting guard all the way into a post at times. And I thought to be able to do that today, and she ended up with four fouls, but I thought she did a really good job. Again, she had it like you said a couple turnovers as well. But she had an assist. She had a steal. And I, I just thought she hit a couple threes or, you know, she hit one three, but she had a couple big shots at times uh, as well. So Alexa Goulbay gets my Hoosier Hustle Award here. So that now in five games, we have given out five different Hoosier Hustle Awards, Kathy. Grace, Matt, yeah. Nicole, Keandra, and now Alexa Goulbay all have earned a Hoosier Hustle Award. And I think that's a good thing, if you don't you, as what for a I team do. like this? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I think that just talking about that, we've yes, five five post-game shows and five different real hustle awards to five different players. I think that just again shows the depth of this team and the, the leadership that we get, depending on the night and the matchups. You know, tonight we haven't talked a whole lot about her, but Grace was not having the best night tonight. She she no. really was struggling offensively, going three for thirteen from the floor. Uh she added in some rebounds, but her defense was was good and spot on and but she did the things that needed to be done from her tonight on a, a night where she was struggling offensively. I thought she still showed great leadership and great poise out there it, it, but that's where your herb teammates picked her up tonight so grace mm. again have best night but alexa really stepped up and had a fantastic night and i think you've talked about that with grace how they're not always going to have the, the best night or have to rely on one or two people every night to get double digits and again this is a night where we we saw that where uh, i think alexa really stepped up so i, I love the fact that this team is so um, willing to not just have one or two people who are the quote unquote stars of the, the, the team, but really they just do what's needed on whatever night. And tonight we needed Alexa to do Alexa things. Yeah. And I would say this as well, Kathy, about grace. Um, it, she never once shied away from doing what she should have been doing on the offensive end. She was still willing to take those shots at the end of quarters. Um, they were trying to basically I think, set her up for the end of the overtime or the end of the regulation as well. So I agree with you. I think, and one of the things that I've really gotten to enjoy talking with Grace on the podcast is just how even killed she is about her game. She doesn't get too up. She doesn't get too down. The, you know, when you listen to her talk about how, you know, players have slumps and she mentioned the other day, how much it's, you know, rather have it early in the season than later in the season. So uh, you're just a good level-headed kid. And I, and I think that goes to all the kids on the team, at least the five, you know, we don't see as many of the kids because we don't go deep, but the five veteran kids who start all seem like they keep themselves pretty well composed. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And even when, you know, Keandra Brown, when she comes in, I love her fire, right? Like she came in, she yeah. took three charges today, at least. I know I wrote down in the third quarter, she took a charge there about halfway through the third quarter. And that was her third one of the game. I think that's where she ended up. But, you know, again, those are things that don't show up in the stat sheet, but they all matter. They all matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And so... You know, and I apologize, Quang, you guys out there, you kind of came in late. But yeah, my video is messed up and Kathy's been laughing at me the whole time. But I hope everybody's enjoying the show and we'll come back and watch us again in the future. And hopefully my video won't be so messed up. Kathy, any other lingering storylines for you? Um, no, I think in terms of like stats, um, yeah, I have some closing thoughts, but nothing, nothing specific about any stats or specific around the game. I think we hit them all. Yeah, and I know Jim on here wants to know, can the IU men beat the IU women? I, uh, I'll kind of <laughs> let that one pass. I'll mention that it was in the chat, Jim, but I, uh, as bad as the IU men may have played today, like, I'm going to stay my, keep my focus here on the IU women. And and uh, my one storyline, I guess my lingering storyline might be here is how do they come back on Wednesday? Big win over Maryland today. Now they're going to go up to a Wisconsin team that's 3-9, and nine, 0-2 in the league, if they play. I think Wisconsin has had a game or two canceled this week as well for some COVID issues. But a veteran team like this, I would expect to be able to come back and not have a hangover of, you know, being too too up, too, you know, too elated. And uh, but I'm still I, but I'm still a little anxious to see how they play Wednesday night up at Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I do too. I hope we're not having a hangover game. Um, is that game at Wisconsin too, isn't it? Yes, that game is at yeah. Wisconsin. Unfortunately, it's on Big Ten Plus. So yeah. I know a lot of our fans don't have Big Ten Plus, but that's a I've I've, I've got the time down at seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central. But you and I are planning mm -hmm. on doing a post game show immediately after the game. So hopefully everybody will join in and watch us um, from that standpoint. But that's just my only lingering storyline: is is can they you know show come out and beat a Wisconsin team that's three and nine? has lost a couple games to teams they probably shouldn't have lost to early in the non-conference season. Um, they're only averaging 61 points a game. They're, uh, and so if I use defense shows up, I, I think it'll be, it'll have be hard for Wisconsin to score on this team. But like I said, I know it sounds trivial, but you just, you, you certainly don't want to have a great win like today and then go up to Wisconsin and find yourself in a dogfight with two minutes to go. Right. Absolutely. Especially, yeah, Wisconsin's at the bottom of the league. So I, I, yes. I'm hoping <laughs> that we go up there and really handle business. And again, back to our, our, our theme we've had in all of our postgame shows, hopefully we get out to a big lead, hold on to it and let our, our, our starters get some rest and get some good experience because we need that as well for growing our program into the future for the people on the bench. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and hopefully some of those kids who were out with the COVID protocol today, um, we'll be able to come back and be ready to play by Wednesday. Um, just want to remind all of our fans who are listening, there is no Thursday AC radio this coming week, but that, that's because there's a post game show Thursday night as the men will be playing Ohio state. So after the Ohio state game, you can join Andy, Jared, Ryan, and coach for the post game show on, on AC on assembly call and watch it here as well on YouTube. You're listening to the Doing the Work IU Postgame Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Okay, Kathy, it's time for last call. What's your last okay. call? 
Yeah, I, I think well, let's just all take a minute to really reflect on this this win. It was a historic win, not really just for our program, but really for Big Ten overall. Maryland has come into the Big Ten and has completely dominated the Big Ten. I think I heard they are 130 and 15 in Big Ten overall play. So they only had 15 losses before tonight in Big Ten total. And we have never beat them. They're 11 and 0 coming in, uh, coming into this game for us. So I think again, historical for both our program as well as as our our um, Big Ten conference overall. And defense again won the day. You know, Maryland was 115 and seven when they have scored 70 or plus or more. We held them to 63, and again, it took them to overtime. Although in overtime, they only got two free throws, so um, it really we held them to their second lowest point score overall. And, um, and we put up 70 and the other interesting stat on the flip side of that, um, Maryland had never lost at all. They're 102 and oh in games where they held their opponents to 70 or less. So again, this was a first for Maryland. They had never lost um, to a team they held to 70 or less. And on top of it, Maryland has never had a big 10 game ever go to overtime. So I think there were just a lot of things that, um, are historical both for our program as well as from a conference perspective for this to show that you know hopefully we can get some more teams a little more disparity with all of our Big Ten teams coming up here and that I use one of them as we continue to rise um, to the to the top of the league. Yeah, and and I'll I'll jump in on that. There was a lot of great stats there, and I heard that stat on the TV earlier today about they had not played an overtime game since 2013, which tells you they haven't played a lot of close games. In big, in you know, and let alone in Big Ten play, but um, they've they've just been since Brenda Freeze has got there. They have been a very, very good program, and kind of a measuring stick for the other teams in the Big Ten. Um, the other thing I will mention here, as just kind of the same vein, um, you talk about seeding for the NCAA tournament. If the Hoosiers do what they're capable of doing the rest of the way and finish in the top of the league finish say we win the league or we're second that win over maryland may be the difference between a three seed and a two or a two and a one and so just because there's not a lot of big of opportunities in the big 10 for those type of wins right now the league is pretty top heavy um iowa indiana probably the three teams at the top michigan state can play well on any given day um, I, and I can't, I, I forget the girl's name. I'm sure Ari will be able to tell us in the chat, but they just had a girl that scored 50 a week or two ago. Caitlin Clark had 44 in a non-conference game for Evansville today, but there's just not, there's not the depth to the big 10 this year, but it, so if we can take care of business, this win like uh, over Maryland could be big when it comes to seeding. Yeah. Cloud. And thank you, Ari. You know, there, the, you know, the, you know, um, um, so we're, we're there. Also want to apologize to those of you who came in late. Uh, one of the things we're still trying to work out Quang is some of the timelines on this, like, especially when we have both the men and the women playing roughly at the same time, 
Um, and we actually have this issue coming up next week or two weeks away. There's a game where they both play, I think, on a Thursday night or something like that. So at roughly the same time. So we're still trying to work out some of the times. But we just appreciate all of you who are coming in and watching us and and being a part of the uh, of the chat mob and 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 just hope you guys will continue with us as we continue to work out the kinks, such as my video feed tonight and and all that. So, but Kathy, you got anything else? No, I, I think that's it. I mean, we we came out here starting off the year, uh, really had a fantastic game beating meeting Maryland. We we got to play them again. It's, we end yeah. up big Big Ten regular conference on the road up in Maryland. So we'll see how this team continues to grow and play. And uh, we'll be back again at the end of February to see hopefully another victorious episode to, to report back on then as well. Yeah, and that could be a very interesting game. For example, if both teams go into that where one needs to win to create a tie or one needs to win to outright, uh, that could be a really heck of that could be a heck of a ball game out in College Park. So that will do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly or excuse me forward slash assemblycall.com don't forget to join to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter special thanks to john ringer of rig design for designing our logo and thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you on wednesday night as the hoosiers travel to wisconsin and until then keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers and this is where we'd play the music if we had any music. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice job. I, for some reason, my audio is working fine, but yeah, you sound my great. video's freezing. My video's freezing. So I apologize to the fan, the chat mob out there and stuff. So, and thanks, Phil, and all of you guys who were out there making comments and glad you guys were here. Spread the word. We're trying, we're trying to build little by little, and the best way to build it's word of mouth. So thanks, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. I made the mistake. What started mine was I typed something in the chat, and all of a sudden, I, when I started freezing, I got to remember that I don't type anything in the chat while I'm hosting. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't host, so I <laughs> at least at least the, the stream yard that we have, so I don't have that pleasure of knowing. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It just, for yeah. some reason, I uh, and I thought when I got out of it earlier and got back in, and, and, and it seemed to be fine, but... Like I said, after I typed that comment, it kind of locked up on me and never could quite get it back. So, right. all right. Yeah. So. Cool. So back at it Wednesday. Yeah, that's a it's a not, not a bad time. Six thirty for us. Uh, Six thirty Central Time. So, um, that'd be good. Yeah, six thirty Central, seven thirty Eastern. Um, and again, like Ari pointed out, and I mentioned as well. Uh, the COVID has kind of gotten to Wisconsin. They've missed a couple games, so it'll be interesting to see if that game gets played. But I hope it does. I like to, one thing we didn't talk about. I don't think you mentioned. I have, this is six in a row for the women. Now this is win That's number right. six in a row, and yeah. and so they're on a nice roll. And I'd like to be able to see them get keep some continuity playing, so they don't lose lose that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I was yeah. We had the two games canceled in there. Um, we had that win against Southern Illinois squished in the middle there on the, the 23rd. That was, that was a really fantastic game. They looked good in that game too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited about them. They're, they're looking really good. Uh, and you know, Jeff, as bad as your video is, don't feel bad because it's never going to be as bad as big 10 plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I, I, I just got to keep working at it. There's, 
seems like I'm, I had a good one the other day. Like when I did the zoom one with grace, I had no issues whatsoever. And the last one that you and I did, I don't think I had any, or maybe one, one minor issue. So I don't know. I just got, as we keep doing this and I get better at knowing exactly what I did each previous time, because, you know, it just seemed like this one just right. locked up on me and whatever, but so, yeah. um, but we want to thank everybody, you know, yeah. out there, like we said, Ari, especially, you know, and, and you know, Heck, our numbers, you know, we had over 30 people in the chat mob, or at least who were watching, you know, I should say right. chat mob, but so we get it loaded up and people can listen to the podcast. Yeah. Then they won't everyone. have to worry about my video. All those <laughs> supporting us, exactly. They've been supporting us. And yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're not professional podcasters, Jeff and I, so we're, we're still working on our flow and trying to figure things out. So uh, appreciate your patience. And if you do have any feedback for things we can do better, I'm very happy to, to hear it as well. But really do appreciate everyone that's been supportive of us, especially from the beginning and, um, mm. and really helping us to, to get the word out there too. So thanks everyone. Yeah, I, I I totally wholeheartedly agree with that, and just like I said, we're 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 doing our best. And if you've got any you know anything you'd like to recommend, don't forget you can go to our community page at assemblycall.com and always leave us a message or put a post in there and say, hey, you know, try this. But we're just you know, uh, Jim. Before we sign off, we did mention this earlier, but the attendance was just under six thousand five five thousand five hundred seventy-two was the attendance today in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So. You know, without students on campus, that was probably a pretty good number. Yeah, that's a I, that has to be probably right up there with what NC State was. I think NC State was in that mid five thousand, and that was with students on campus. So, uh, yeah, I think our, uh, a couple of tweets too that you know the Hoosier Ticket Project um, had some some ladies coming in. There was an eight year old who is five foot three from Ohio that was in attendance that evidently loves Mackenzie Holmes and was mm -hmm. able to get tickets. And her parents drove her three hours over to to come to the her first game tonight. So um, hopefully uh, Coach Morin can start talking to her if she's 5'3 already at eight years old. <laughs> Keep an eye on her. So that was great. <laughs> and we and I think also Dank Ari pointed out earlier there was this was the third game that we've been over 5,000. So, yeah. yeah, Ari's pointing that out now here in the chat. So the third time over 5,000 this year. And I think as the as the students get back on campus and the word spreads about this team, you're going to see some some bigger crowds for these for these young women um, that also there was one thing today. And for anybody, Richie or somebody, if you were there, um, they had a thing that they were, I want to say advertising, but they were doing like a teddy bear toss mm -hmm. where if you brought a teddy bear to the game, uh, you got a $5 ticket and then you could toss the bear like onto the floor. And then the bears were going to be donated to the boys and girls club of Bloomington, I believe. Yeah. I saw so that. A, a neat idea um, for the, for them. So I know the assembly call guys are doing their meetup on, um, what is it, February 5th, right, for the mm -hmm. Illinois game. Um, the women have a game this February 6th that I'm planning on going to, too. Jeff, are you, are, do you think you'll be able to stay for that one, too? That's the Purdue game. That might be fun. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping to come down for the 5th, but I also, that's sectional weekend here for the girls and doing local radio. I could be on the air unfortunately so if i do i might try and see if i can make it down for the, the for the women's game and watch purdue watch the purdue game i know they're at purdue i believe in a couple of weeks on a sunday i may a saturday yeah. or sunday i may try and go down there and watch them because that's only about an hour drive for me to go to west lafayette okay. here from Rensselaer, so yeah yeah that's the 16th yeah uh, it's when they're in lafayette yeah and if luckily martin luther king day is a 
what we call flex day, meaning if we have any snow days to make up, we'll use that as a makeup day. But mm -hmm. if we haven't missed any days, then I'll have that day off. So going to Purdue and then possibly being able to sleep in the next morning would definitely be a plus, but we'll just have to wait and see. So, so. Kathy, I hope you had a great New Year's. I did. We did. We had some friends over and played some games and watched football. And yeah, it was a, it was a good night. <laughs> good. I like the picture with the light fixture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fun here, um, you know, because I'm really the only one. I have uh, one friend who's a Michigan fan, too, so she wasn't real happy with that that football game. So we turned that over, turned that off early, and we're like, I think you've had enough. We're, we're into this. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, hey, I assume you have to work tomorrow. We still have – I still have a couple days off before we start second semester on Wednesday, so. Yep, I'm back at it. I've been off for – since the – basically the 22nd was the last time I worked, so. I guess I'll have to remember to set my alarm tomorrow again. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a good one. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Sounds great, Jeff. Take care. Thanks, Chat Mob. Thanks, Chat Mob. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 